Welcome to Talk.Dance, the podcast all about partner dancing. All sorts of partner dancing, from tango to salsa, from ballroom to swing. This is episode 9 of our 2020 season. My name is David Leip, and I will be joined by my co-hosts, Michelle Riches and Kelly Palmiter. So, hey guys, one of the things that is kind of frustrating when we're sheltering at home, sheltering in place, is obviously we can't get out social dancing the way we all love to, right? All three of us are big dance enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. Our audience is made up of mostly dance enthusiasts. And so I'm sure everyone listening is a little bit frustrated by the fact that we can't get out. Now, it's appropriate that we're not doing that. It's the right thing from a safety perspective, community health perspective. But it's a little bit frustrating. So we talked before that I've been involved in creating this app called Find.Dance, which is about finding social dance events. And I'm happy to say in a sense that right now we're advertising no social dance events for the foreseeable future because it would be inappropriate. Right. But we've discovered uh, a number of us have all talked about this privately, that there are a lot of really interesting live online dance classes and that type of thing going on. And I've been taking advantage of them. Tatiana Keegan, who we've had on the show and has been a friend of the show, does this thing most weeknights where she does this high-intensity Latin aerobics Holy work. Holy cow. Just her promos for these videos. Oh, my God. They are intense. Well, I'll tell you. But I've been doing them. I'm not necessarily following everything. But, uh, hey, it gets me up and moving. I'm tired watching. I tell you, I, I like to move in group. But I look at her, and I'm just like, Wow, somebody has put a couple extra packs of batteries in those legs. She is just going. I know, right? I feel like you could hook her up and run a country. Like she's it's, it's inspiring though. Uh, I'll say it's inspiring. It's amazing. So she has her aerobics workout. So it, it, because mm -hmm. it's aerobics, it's high intensity. But there's a lot of other people who are just giving classes of all different kinds of levels, right? Some of them kind of world class uh, instructors, some of them local community instructors who are doing a lot of fun things, either through Zoom or Facebook Live or YouTube Live, Instagram Live, all those kinds of platforms. So with Find.Dance, we decided to spin up an associated site we call Find.Dance Live Ooh. to share some of those events, the ones that we've at least been able to find out about. So people can tune in at different times in the day when these are available. So I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's effectively live.find.dance where one can find it. And I hope people are able to enjoy dancing in their homes, take, taking a class, maybe learning something new. But even if you're not learning something new, at least getting a little bit active and moving and, and having a little bit of fun that way. And it's very comprehensive. So kudos to you, David. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it yet, Kelly, but it's a calendar that is on the find.dance live. Uh, is there a dot two between the dance and live? So we branded it find.dance live, but the URL is actually the other way around. It's live.find.dance. Right. So when you go on there, part of the uh, 
the complement to the comprehension is that you go on there and there's a calendar and the calendar there then tells you what day, the date, the class, and you can just click it and you're connected to that, uh, that website. So it could be on YouTube or it could be on Facebook live. Am I correct, David? That those yeah, are it's all, it's, it's all kinds of platforms. Zoom in yeah. some cases, Instagram yeah. in some cases. Yeah. So that's a fantastic way to stay in touch. So if you go online and you're looking for a specific genre, that's one thing, but this sort of is a great way to sort of collectively cover a whole bunch of dances that are relevant to our audience, which is why, thank you to David, it's now at your fingertips. Just go there, check it out, find that, and uh, we're gonna continue to upgrade or update any new ones that we come across. I know we have a new one or two that we wanna add from mm -hmm. this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we will do that. Uh, but quite a few of these um, companies or individuals, pros, regular, small community, doesn't matter. They're just putting out information and opportunities for you to dance. So take advantage of it. Yeah, and kudos to all of those individuals for helping to keep the dance community connected to their passion. Absolutely. And I will say most of the things in there, I th almost all of them, are free. I think that's wonderful. I will just mention not everyone, I know there's a lot of people that are hurting financially. If you're able and you can just Venmo or PayPal or, you know, a little tip to those folks as well. You know, many of those are, many of the folks who are doing this are not in the best of financial situations right now either. So it's kind right. of a nice thing you can do. But uh, yeah, they're all free. Hope people enjoy that. Cool. Hey, David, a while back we took a, uh, we took a poll. Um, and you had told us there's some pretty awesome results. Why don't, why don't you tell us more about that? Yeah. So a couple episodes yeah. back, we talked about what was turning into a little bit of an internet controversy around a middle school in Utah that was having a social, a school held social dance where they had set the rule that if someone asks you to dance at the school dance, you are required to say yes. And it was a, it was a chaperone school event. And the, I think the intent was to help create an environment of inclusion and right. confidence building and so forth. Right. So I'll be sure to reference the exact episode and the link to that episode in the show notes, but we did, ask for feedback from our audience. We ran a poll and the, it was a, basically a one question poll. And the question we asked is, is it appropriate for the sake of inclusion and confidence building for a middle, a middle school to require students to accept any invitation to dance at a chaperoned school dance? Now the results, the results, drum roll. So, Roughly 60% of the respondents said no. Hmm. And if you've seen the episode, I don't think any of us felt very strongly one way or the other. I know some passions oh. on the internet ran very hot. Oh man, uh, did it ever. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, right? Like, uh, I was definitely more in the yes camp on this, that I thought the benefits outweighed the negatives. Interesting enough, I asked my daughter, my 20-something-year-old daughter, about this. Now, she's not really a dancer, 
but she had some opinions on this as well, which did not match my own, I'll tell you. And we talked it through and she, she did feel that it's still, there's, there's a lot of value to having the right to say no and, and strengthening that even at a young age. And I, I get that, but she had this really interesting idea that I wanted to share. And she said, you know, I think this would be really, really cool if it was voluntary to take that position. So like before the dance, like you might have like a club or something say, you know what, we like this idea. We, we are, are volunteering to take that position. When we go to the, the dance, if anyone asks us, we will say yes. And so maybe they could identify themselves by, by wearing like something on their wrist or something, boy or girl, that we're part of the yes camp, right? If you ask us, it's safe that we are going to say yes, but it's voluntary. So it's, it's like mini dance ambassadors. In a sense, yes. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, yeah. And I thought that was kind of a clever thing. I mean, I know she's smart because she's my daughter. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 no, honestly, I, never, I don't think I ever would have come up with that. But I thought that was a, an interesting response and kind of a nice compromise. It that, is a nice compromise. I think, interestingly enough, though, it is always going to be double-sided, right? So this is part of yeah. my perspective is that I look at it and I think the whole point why I think the three of us collectively were more on the, yes, you need to say yes and we need to encourage this is because in our adult world, we want to promote social dancing. So in our circles, that is what we're trying to achieve. Right. And we do know that that's an important little push that people need sometimes for that social side of the dance floor. At those grade levels, I think we're trying to cultivate that confidence. And that's why we were initially like, yes, we need to tell these kids, yes, you have to say yes. Now, as for your daughter's idea of there being some middle ground of saying, well, you shouldn't have to say yes, but let's voluntarily put a group of people together that will be. The problem I have with that is that people that don't have a bracelet are now segregated and we've created more divide. So now we have an issue with the ones that aren't wearing the bracelet that then feel somewhat outed like, well, I don't have a bracelet, so they think I'm gonna say no. So in that imaginary proposal of that idea, we still create division. And that is without the bracelet, maybe a bit more open and ambiguous, but with the bracelet, it's very defined. I think, yeah. I know it's voluntary, but I just, my brain kind of went crazy on that response, David, because I think it's a great idea. And, you know, right. you get a young mind, no different than me asking my son lots of questions. I'm always inspired with a different perspective at 16 or your daughter being 20 than our, you know, older brains. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't feel like there's, there's never a right answer. It's just, I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't. I can tell you what would be a right answer, so to speak, for me. Right. But one, I'm not a female, and two, I don't even have kids. So, like, I see it from a completely different viewpoint. I think the three of us all see it from a different viewpoint. Yep. Uh, not necessarily that we agree or disagree, but we have our own life experiences that lead us to believe. To me, the setup on that was that the dance was, it was a one-time dance, right? And you only had to say yes at that dance. So in my mind, someone who constantly has themes and everything for dances, 
It's the same thing to me as having a, a white party or a blue party or a dress as your favorite comic book party. To me, it's just, that's the theme of the party. I don't look at it as, as rape culture, but like I said, I'm not a female and I don't have a kid. I don't, I don't have to worry about the same things that maybe a kid or a, a female would have to worry about. So I don't, I guess my naivety is just still front and center on that. Right. Yeah. So experience it's tricky eh, david so what do you take from that now your perspective has changed a bit from your daughter's yeah so i think i was very much on the yes camp i didn't really have a very strong appreciation for the no position i i think i'm now finding myself a little bit more in the middle if i were to respond to this poll myself i might still say yes but not it wouldn't be as strong a absolutely it has to be yes right as it was when we recorded the podcast i i really didn't have much of an appreciation for the no that i thought you know what there's a lot of good here why you know they're young kids it's a chaperoned event it's it's important for the inclusion imagine like maybe in a not not very diverse area you're the one brown kid why should people just be able to say no to you because they're uncomfortable with that? Or maybe you have a little bit of a disfigurement or something like that. Um, but having read some of the comments and the feedback, and you know, I think this is why it's good to be open to other opinions and stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel my opinions are not as strong as they were. And I do have an appreciation for that other side. So there was an option to write in your rationale for your position. Oh, right. If people wanted to make comments. Right, yeah. right. And we did have people from both sides of the debate do that. And so I'm going to click those together and I'll post them anonymously. I think it wasn't yeah. anon it was anonymous in any case, but just share those. So if you're interested, you can kind of see uh, what those were. And I really do yeah. appreciate those who did take the poll and shared their opinions. I think it's yeah. a delicate conversation that will always be in our world. Uh, I think that we can appreciate even as adults in our 40s, 50s, wherever we all may be, <laughs> 30s, <laughs> 60s, wherever I'm going to cover everyone here. I think what 29. we need, 29. I think what we need to appreciate is that even still in social dance perspectives, there is always the issue of confidence or comfort yeah. or security or you know in a new environment do i feel intimidated here do i want to dance do i want to get up there and do i feel free and want to just go do my thing or do i want to sort of sit back and those happen to us as adults never mind being yeah. in grade school and being pressured into that perspective of i have to say yes so we still deal with that even in adult situations. So it's a, it is a really good conversation to have the debate and have feedback because everyone's perspective is a little bit different based on their experience yeah. and they're all valid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's no right or wrong. It's not black and white. I'm excited because we are going to bridge into a conversation regarding swing and we're going to talk about rhythm i know kelly's excited rhythm changes do you think we can talk about rhythm changes over a rock step kelly i think uh the like as far as rhythm changes go and here's the total nerd like you open the door and the total nerd about swing rhythm changes as far as timing changes right so yes. rhythm changes you first get into it when you go from single swing step step rock step and you get into triple step 
triple step, triple step, whether you start with a rock step or whatever. But I think the most difficult rhythm change or idea is that rock step. And the thing is, is because a rock step in and of itself is a universal tool, right? You can either use it to catch your rhythm or you can use it to propel your rhythm. So it's either a open break or it's a collect and propel. So you can use a rock step for any different reason. So that alone makes people's heads just explode. But much less now we're going to be doing some sort of kickball change, which is the triple action on two steps. And, and I mean, before I even get further into my geekiness about it, David, you have something special that we're going to share in the links. Yes. So a uh, friend of our show, Tatiana Keegan, we've had her on a few times, or we featured her a few times giving us dance exercises. She's recorded for us some different variations on the rock step. So we actually have a visual demonstration of, I think, I think there's about four different variations that she shows. Um, and she'll show it from both the lead and the follow kind of perspective. Uh, so we'll definitely put that in the, in the show notes. I think just a word of advice, as you were kind of implying, Kelly, this is something a little bit more advanced. So if you're just starting out with dance and with swing, you can just kind of tuck this away that this is something you can maybe try in the future. I wouldn't want anyone to frustrate themselves by trying to take something a little bit more advanced and not getting it because you can just do the basic rock step and have a lot and lot of fun with swing. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, that's a good point, David, because as with anything, you can talk about a lot of these embellishments and fancy ways to decorate your feet in salsa and bachata and swing and everywhere. Uh, but in, in swing, the rock step is the constant, right? So we have to pay attention. Do we have these triples that are crazy and there's turns for the lady or for the man and mm -hmm. lots of things happening. The rock step is like your base. It mm -hmm. lets you always find your home, right? And so when we decide to ramp that up, like Kelly said, and have some fun with it, it's great, but you have to be ready for that. So make sure that you are aware of that. Your partner is aware of that. And, uh, and part of the fun, Kelly, if I can quickly segue that is yeah. the kick, the rock step is great because if you decide to change your timing and you do a kickball change and I didn't, we're still dancing together and we're on the same beat. So that's yes, a really you're important changing point. the rhythm, not the timing. Exactly. That, that, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean it. I was just so excited. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, different conversation. And it's important because those words get used interchangeably, but they are a different different yes, they have like their night and day different for somebody who is is just is i don't want to say casual in a negative way but casual with it like they just dance to have fun they're mm -hmm. not studying all the time or they're not like us who do it professionally then it's you know just cool go out there and groove just stay on time and we're when we're good right but for somebody who really wants to get into it changing that rhythm and understanding that rhythm and timing are two different things. Right. Like, I think that's going to take your understanding and your dancing ability to another level. Now I will say, I think, and this is just me personally, just my experience with swing. I'm not saying this is the only way to look at it, but my experience is the rock step is the key ingredient to swing. 
right? Like, cause you can change the triples, you can do singles, you can do kicks, you can do all this fun stuff. But the rock step is really telling me where I build my momentum, how I'm utilizing that momentum. And every swing is different. You got Lindy hop, which sometimes it's forward, sometimes it's back. You've got East Coast swing, which it's usually back. You've got Caroline Shaggis back, but then you got um, West Coast swing, which it's forward, right? But you take all of these things and either other forms of swing like St. Louis shag and other things like that, where it's a kickball change in place. And now all of a sudden my brain is like, there's too much information. But the point is that one, two, or that five, six, or wherever your rock step falls in your pattern is just two beats, right? right? We're just utilizing that two beats to set up the next thing. So when you watch a swing dancer in any form, once they get to a certain level, and I don't know if it's intermediate level or if it's advanced, or but there's a certain movement level that all forms of swing then take their rock step to some form of kickball change, right? right? And then that's how you can separate um, the hobbyists from the really the enthusiasts. You know what I mean? So that rock step, I've seen people dance their whole life and still have a rock step and their quality movement is still awesome. But I've also seen people who are really into it and every single rock step becomes some sort of kickball change. So I think it's a natural progression that a lot of people don't talk about because once you get into swing, there's so many other passerby things that you can get distracted on. Like, oh, hold on. How do we get the cuddle right? Or, oh my God, well, this, you know, this uh, lasso or this hammer lock, all this fun stuff. I really got to work on this. But the, 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 the real social aspect of it is utilizing that rock step as a kickball change. And that's how you can tell the people who are really, like I said, enthusiasts versus hobbyists. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. So it occurs to me that some people in our listening audience might not even know what a kickball change is. Uh, so I'm so glad we have the video because you'll be able to see it. Keep in mind, this is just a way to spice up your dance. And so like cooking, right? You don't have to start by adding a lot of spice to your food if you're just learning how to cook. Yep. But at some point, you know, when you're getting a little bit more courageous, a little bit more comfortable with what you're doing, you can throw this in. You can throw it in on occasion. You don't have to do it for every single rock step. True. Right? Just give it a shot every now and again. And it can be something kind of fun to do. You've been listening to Talk.Dance. To learn more about our podcast, you can check out our website at www.talk.dance. Please be sure to tell all of your dance friends about us.